Welcome back to the Born to Prosper Essential Guide series. And today we want to have a look at episode 8, the title of our message today, When You Change Your Mind, You Can Change Your Life. Super excited to be with you today, starting a new section of our Born to Prosper series. We've covered the powerful laws of sea time and harvest, the laws of dominion and control. And right now we're going to be going into the new section of prosperous thinking. As a man thinks on the inside, so are they on the outside. Hey, listen. Get ready for an incredible new section of this Born to Prosper series. Can't wait to be with you on the other side of this. I'll see you now. Well, episode 8. When you change your mind, you change your life. The Bible says in Proverbs 23 verse 7, For as a man or a woman thinks on the inside, so are they on the outside in the Passion Translation. For as a man or a woman thinks on the inside, so are they on the outside. As we learn in chapter 2 regarding the principles of seed time and harvest, it applies as much to when it comes to your thought life as well as every other area. Good thoughts will produce good harvests or good outcomes as much as bad thoughts will produce bad outcomes. James Allen said this, he said, You are today where your thoughts have brought you and you'll be tomorrow where your thoughts take you. You see, Scripture is loud about changing our negative thinking to a new and a prosperous thinking. Sometimes when you look at Scripture verses, sometimes people think, well, it's all about spirituality, and it is that, or it's all about sin avoidance, or whatever it is when it comes to Scripture. But the Bible is very clear, it's very loud about the fact that your stinking thinking needs to be renewed and changed. So Paul writes to us in Romans 12, verse 2, where he says, Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Bible says in the Living Bible Translation, the same scripture verse, Romans 12, 2, so don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but be a new and different person with a fresh newness in all that you do and think. Then you will learn from your own experiences how His ways will really satisfy you. The Passion Translation says it this way, Romans 12, verse 2, stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in His eyes. I love the different versions as they all say the same thing in a different way. Let God transform you into a new person by the way that you think. Be a new and different person with a new freshness or a fresh newness in all that you do and think. And be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. It is clear that God wants us to think prosperous thoughts. I mean, Scripture challenges us again regarding what we think about every day in Philippians 4, 8, and 9. The New Living Translation says, And now, dear brothers and sisters of the Leader Breeder podcast, that's added, by the way, one final thing, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all that you've learned and received from me and everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. Notice the Bible says that where we fix our thoughts on whatever we fix it on, the Bible said that where we fix it, peace follows where our thoughts are fixed. So you can be at unrest or you can be at rest depending on where you fix your thoughts. But at the same token, the Bible says what? Fix your thoughts on what is true. So we can fix our thoughts on the opposite, which is false. Fix your thoughts on what is honorable. We can fix our thoughts on what is dishonorable. And 
on what is right, on what is wrong. Everyone has an, has an opposite, and that is a choice. Remember, we've now learned that God said what? Be. So we can be positive or we can be negative. We can be optimistic or we can be pessimistic. So we've got some responsible choices to make. I mean, God gave us free will, and we have to exercise that free will through our choices. So notice the Bible says that peace follows good thought choices, and so the opposite is also can be true. Anxiety must then follow bad thought choices, and we must become more intentional and more aware of where we place our thoughts every day. In Colossians 3 verse 2, the Bible says, think about the things of heaven and not the things of the earth. That means we are challenged to think about what heaven says about our lives and not what man says about our lives. Psalm 19 verse 14 in the Living Bible says, May my spoken words and my unspoken thoughts be pleasing even to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. I love that. My unspoken thoughts cannot affect your life. Only spoken thoughts can. But David reminds himself that his words and thoughts must be pleasing to God. Now again, we're talking about prosperous thinking. We're talking about the fact that whenever you can change your mind, you can change your life. So I want to continue encouraging us throughout this episode today that no matter what you are facing, you're going to always be faced with two choices. No matter what circumstances come across your life or whatever might be challenging you today, remember you have got two choices. Like a coin has got two sides. Electricity has got a positive and negative. A coin has got a head and a tail. Life has got up and down. Eternity has got heaven and hell. God always created life with two sides, two options, to give man free will choice. And so I want to say to you today, you have to learn and to develop over time and exercise your free will choices on the side of a positive thinking. I mean, look at Jesus. He even challenged our thought and our heart conditions. When Jesus wanted to teach his disciples or generation the principle, he often used the principles of seed time and harvest analogies. Matthew 12, 33 to 37 in the New King James Version, he says, either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. Fruit of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things? He's speaking to the Pharisees and the Sadducees. He says, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil things. But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give an account of it in the day of judgment, for by your words you'll be justified, and by your words you'll be condemned. So Jesus says that our words will end up condemning our life and our future. So either choose words of life, Jesus says, or words of death. Your word choices will have manifested results on the earth. See, when Either a mind is set or a paradigm has been created negatively or the treasure of our heart is negative or poor as a result of negative thought seeds being sown over time. It is not as simple as just listening to this Born to Prosper podcast or reading the Born to Prosper book once and expecting everything to suddenly change or become permanently positive. I mean, the reality is that a mind that is set neg- negatively must be changed over time through repetition of the opposite to what caused it to be negative in the first place. The same principle applies with weight loss. It's not only about losing weight, but also about changing our bad habits for good ones and then continuing to apply good ones to keep the weight off. So when you look at weight loss, I can testify to that many years ago. I don't know if I've shared it in one of our previous episodes, but my daughter, Sarah, when she was two years old, I was putting her to bed once and I played sport most of my life, or all my life, until I got married. And then as you started a business, and then started a family. And so over time, you stop playing sport. But 
I never really had any issues with weight at all because I just used to burn it up on the sports fields. And eventually at one stage when I started a business, I was traveling a lot. And over time, just eating a, a Coke and a pie, which is the staple travel diet of a young businessman. And I'd stop off and just, just ate whatever I wanted to. Never needed to know about nutritional consequences of proteins and fats and carbohydrates and never understood all that. You drink Coke with sugar and it just always just was burnt off in energy on the field. But as I got older, the weight started to pack on and little by little, and I didn't pick up the weight immediately, but over a few years, whatever, the weight started to, to pack on. And the one day I was putting Sarah to the afternoon sleep on a Sunday and she was lying sort of on her side and then she had, she had her arm over my stomach. And in the stillness of that bedroom on the Sunday afternoon, I heard this child say to me, dad, and I said, yes. She said, you're fat. And I went, wow. They say out of the mouth of babes comes the truth and out of the mouth of the drunkard, three quarters of the truth. So Yara was sort of like, okay, so how do you answer a two and a half year old or a three year old child about calling your dad fat? And I'm sure she just was, doesn't understand the true impact of that. But anyway, she fell asleep and I walked down the passage and pulled my stomach in and sort of went to Sharon. I said to her, you think that I'm fat? And of course, being the, the great wife that I have, she said, no, you're not fat. You're just big bone. Well, I knew that she was just trying to be nice. And of course, the next day I realized, now listen, I've got to do something about this. So off I went and got on the scale. And of course, as I got on the scale, the scale said to me, one at a time, please. So I, I picked up a lot of weight. And listen, I was, I'm tall. I'm six foot four. But at that stage, I weighed 127 kilograms. And uh, it's one of those, you always measure your, your weight gain by how easy it is to tie your shoelaces. When you bend over on your chair and you can't reach your shoelaces comfortably, you picked up weight. So uh, anyway, off I went to a weight loss program and over the next sort of six months, I lost 23 kilos. And uh, you might go, wow. And it was, it was a very tough, I'll make it sound easy, but it was very tough and difficult. But for the first time, in my life, I was faced with having to make different choices when it came to food. And I lost all that weight, 23 kilos, and then sort of kept it off for a little bit, of, quite a while. And then we moved to Cape Town to come and plant the church. And over the next two years, all the stress again of planting the church, I picked up 18 of those 23 kilos. And thankfully now I've sort of got into a relatively good range of weight, never in a perfect place, but I'm not that yo-yo, very heavy, very light anymore. I'm now, I've got a constant of a relatively healthy, good, good weight and always can always get better. But the point I'm trying to make is that when, you, when it comes to weight loss, it's not just about losing the weight on this one goal-setting six-month journey. And then it's also about keeping the weight off. And it's also about getting into a lifestyle of healthy eating. And that goes into every area of our life, it goes into our finances, our spending, goes into our thought life. It's not just, like I said, good enough to listen to a podcast or and then go, okay, great, I'm, I'm now heard that and I'm, I'm going to change. You have to go into intentional decision to, to change your, your thought life and to make different hab habitual changes over time because our habits form our futures. I mean, in his powerful book, The Common Denominator of Success, Albert Ian Gray said this. He said, the common denominator of success, the secret of success of every man and woman who has ever been successful, lies in the fact that they form the habit of doing things that failures don't like to do. Wow, that's a, it's an ouch or a, it's an amen or an amen statement. I mean, every single qualification, Ian Gray says, for success is acquired through habit. People form habits and habits form futures. 
if you do not deliberately form good habits, then unconsciously or subconsciously, you'll end up forming bad ones. You are the kind of man or woman, Gray goes on to say, you are today because you have formed the habit of being that kind of person. And the only way you can change is through habit. If successful men and women don't like to do these things, then why do they do them? Because by doing these things they don't like to do, they can accomplish the things they want to accomplish. And again, many successful people do things they don't always want to do, but when they do do them through intentional habit forming, they end up becoming successful. And so Robert A. Russell said this, he said, for something to change, something must be removed for something to be added. So in other words, for bad habits to be changed, they must be replaced with a new habit until new good habits are formed. And Russell goes on to state, whenever you are faced with what seems impossible or unachievable, it's simply a reflection of your conditioning and not your potential. Let me read that again. Whenever you are faced with what seems impossible or unachievable, it's simply a reflection of your conditioning, not your potential. So think about that for a moment. I mean, your negative or bad habits are not who God designed you to be, but rather a condition that has been acquired or formed over time, giving you the bad results you don't want. And the good news today as you listen to this podcast is that your conditioned mind, if it is negative, can be conditioned positively over time. I mean, in a weight loss example that I mentioned earlier in the story I also shared, we also see a program on television following the journey of weight loss of overweight contestants. Remember what Robert Russell said? He said, whenever you are faced with what seems impossible or unachievable, it's simply a reflection of your conditioning and not your potential. So the people who enter the contest are in a bad condition through repetitive wrong choices of eating and have now developed bad habits producing negative results. Their potential is to be in shape and have a healthy physique, but their habits are constantly working against their potential. I mean, Paul the Apostle, who we call Saint Paul, tells us in Scripture that he too had this constant battle of choices he found himself having to make. Romans 7.15 says, I don't really understand myself, says Paul. For I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. I mean, so often we look at biblical greats like these or at successful people in our generation, we think it must be easier for them because, well, we know that it's not easier for anyone. It simply is that they've chosen to work intentionally at their word and their thought choices. Remember what Albert Ian Grace said earlier? He said, if successful men and women don't like to do these things, then why do they do them? Because by doing the things they don't like to do, they can accomplish the things they want to accomplish. I mean, when I lost that weight initially from 127, I lost 23 kilos and came down to 104. I went to this class on Monday and they weighed me and they said to me, I'm overweight. And yeah, they gave me this little program. And now I'm just going to add all this, this healthy program, healthy eating onto my current bad eating. So you don't eat the chocolate or the Cadbury's and then just add the cauliflower on top or eat the beacon sweets and then just add the broccoli. Now, what they tell you is you must stop eating the Cadbury's and the beacon and then only eat the cauliflower and the broccoli and they give you a, a variation of, of healthy food choices. And believe you me, that wasn't easy. It's tough. It's hard because you, you're in a bad habit of eating badly. You're in a bad habit of, of eating sugar or drinking just without even thinking, drinking sugar, cool drinks or whatever it is. And I don't say this today because I have this all together. I say this today because every day of my life, I have to keep making choices myself. I have to decide. I've got a very sweet tooth and I like sweets and I like anything. Well, let me, let me correct that. I actually like food in general from every side to the other side. So I have to work hard. But sugar, I have no problem. I love sugar. I love eating sweets. I love eating all these things. 
But I've learned now, very often, like if you don't burn that energy up in the gym, burn those calories up with, with exercise, if you put in more than you, you put out, you're going to pick up weight. And so it's a journey of repetitively over time, the same ways what you picked up those bad habits over time, you now have to reverse that. And that's why change requires mentoring. So it's, it's interesting to notice two things about the weight loss contestants in the shows that we watch on television. I mean, firstly, none of them lose the weight throughout the series without having a personal coach or a mentor holding them accountable. I mean, time after time, we think we will change by ourselves. And often we need the support of, of in-shape people to help us shift our paradigms or bad habits. And that is why you should never try and attempt to lose weight with your overweight friend. I mean, I've been there, done that, bought the t-shirt. You and your overweight friend go off to the gym and you have one or two days of sort of intense fellowship in the gym. And the third day you both wake up and you're so stiff, you can't even move. Your muscles have contracted and you've, you've actually discovered places in your body you didn't know existed before you started gymming. And then you go, well, I'm sure they'll understand. And you sort of WhatsApp or SMS or text your friend and say to them, I think that we should just skip today. And of course, without even in a millisecond reply, I consent, I agree. And that's why you never end up being consistent because two overweight people or two bad spenders or two wrong thinkers won't always make a right. And so we know how that plays out, that after the first day of exercise, both are stiff and tired. So the next morning, we both agree to take it easy. And I'm not saying you've got to abuse yourself, but I'm saying you must learn to, one of the keys to changing is you've got to surround yourself with people that are disciplined in that area. And that's why it's hard sometimes, but it's very much needed. I mean, a disciplined personal coach at the gym, they're not stiff. They've got a habit of going to gym. So they're going to be at gym and they're going to be waiting for you. And before long, you'll realize, well, it was tough the first three days, but I pushed through that stiffness and eventually I started to get into a rhythm and now I'm actually feeling great about myself. I'm starting to develop my, or change my habits. I mean, a mentor as well, or whatever, whatever area of your life will teach you the truth and the consequences about bad choices that you might make or have been making. And so we can see that those, in those weight loss programs, that a coach would help the contestants to implement the new and good choices of food and exercise over time to transform their conditioning. I mean, the results on the show are incredible if you've ever watched any of those weight loss programs. And so can your results change as well for the better in thought, word, and deed. And so remember, the only difference between a person succeeding and a person failing is that both are taught. All successful people have been taught to be successful, and so can you. All success is learnable. I want to make that statement again. I want you to hear that. You listen to the statement again. The only difference between a person succeeding and a person failing is that both are taught. All successful people have been taught to be successful, and so can you. All success is learnable. Why? Because we're talking about what? If you can change your mind, you can change your life. We're talking about as a man or woman thinks on the inside, so are they. I want you, as we conclude this episode this week, I want you to think about a few bad habits or a few areas of your life that you want to change. Not focusing on the negative, but what are some of the areas you might be saying to yourself today, hey, as he's been speaking, I realize this area I must change. Man, I must do something about my weight or my health. Or Because why must a doctor always say to you, listen, we've done a test on you and you've got this disease or this problem or this cholesterol. Or, and when the doctor says it, now we all respond. But why not let's make a decision today and decide to get into that habit ourselves. Is, is your money out of control? You know, research has shown that very often people say they need more money because they haven't got enough money. 
but research has shown that once you just start bringing order to your finances, you actually find out that your bad habits are, are causing you to not have money. And when you start to change those habits, you realize, but actual fact, I have got enough money. Sure, we can always earn more money and gain more money. And we're going to look at that over the next few episodes that lie ahead about bringing order to our finances. But I want to encourage you today as we conclude this episode, what are some of the bad habits or bad areas of your life you want to change? And let's start to make that intentional decision to change. Why? Because as you change your mind, you can change your life. Amen. Well, great to be with you today in this episode. I can't wait to be with you in episode nine. We're continuing along our new section of prosperous thinking. We're going to get into some incredible, incredible content. So come on, don't slack off right now. You've come this far. And thank you to those of you that are so diligent and faithful for tuning in every week and listening to the Leader Breeder podcast and all the different series and all the different episodes we post. If you feel these episodes help you, be free or just share them with a friend, share them with a colleague, share them with a family member and say, come on, I've listened to something that's really challenged me. Why don't you take a listen? Content's free. And you know what? As you grow, as you learn, I'm expecting for God to do incredible things in and through your life. Can't wait to be with you next week on the other side of this episode nine. Have an amazing week. Be blessed.